It's Monday, February the 20th, 2023. You're listening to Wes and Shelley Share, coming to you from Matthews, North Carolina. Episode 4, Summer Dog. <laughs> We've had a big weekend, Shelley. Why are we doing this on Monday and not Sunday? Well, we had um, a wonderful time with family celebrating the life of Wes's mother, Angie Fryer, and um, we spent yesterday with family. So we're doing it tonight because we've just come in from Manhattan, Kansas and um, winding up our weekend today. So we called this episode Summer Dog because that is one of the books I remember reading. I, I guess I think my dad read it to me. It's a book I remember from childhood. So we're we are going to talk about in the first half um, books we remember reading and others reading to us and books that we shared with our children, and we're kind of doing that as a theme, but anyway, we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about those memories, not just of ones that we've read and ones that our kids have read, and then we're also going to talk about Manhattan memories, so for those of you that don't know The Little Apple, we will introduce it to you, and then we've got a Wander link, and a Wonder link, and we have a Spotify playlist link that we haven't, I don't think, talked about on a show, so... Oh. We, need, we need to do this earlier. <laughs> we do. We need to definitely do this earlier. Although we had a lovely day of travel. Um, and it actually worked out well when we came back, when we were going, because things got really delayed, but it ended up not having to rush, and, and that was really good. And so it was it was nice. So tell us about books you remember others reading to you when you were growing up, Shelley. Were books important in your family. For those that don't know, where did you grow up? I grew up in Lubbock, Texas. Um, My family moved there when I was three. Mother and dad were both working on their master's at Texas Tech University. So we moved there. From Whiteface, right? Yeah, from Whiteface, Texas. Um, And Jenna was maybe six months old. Uh, Mother and dad started working on their master's. Um, Anyway, and so grew up there on 38th Street um, in Lubbock, Texas. Later, we moved to 8th Street when I was in 6th grade. Which was so, traumatic because you left all your friends, right? I did, but you know what? It's a, Life is an adventure. So, um, <laughs> made new friends. Well, I was just getting ready. You know, we moved in 6th grade, so I started 7th grade at a new junior high. And it's always awkward and hard to make friends in middle school. So, anyway, um, books that... I I know this sounds bad, but I don't remember my parents reading me chapter books. I mean, I know my mother, I mean, read me books, lots of books. But I don't ever remember my mother reading chapter books to me. But I do remember teachers um, reading out loud. And um, one of my favorite books that a teacher read in fourth grade, and maybe I've talked about this before, but in fourth grade... In Texas, it's Texas history, and so it's cattle and cattle ranching, um, and so that was um, fourth grade. And I had a teacher named Mrs. Flint, and oh, I loved Mrs. Flint. In fact, um, that's who I wanted. I don't even know how I knew her, but I think that's the one teacher my mother ever requested because I just, I it probably a neighbor friend had had Mrs. Flint and loved her, but. Mrs. Flint loved ranching and loved teaching about Texas, and um, I love that too. And one of the books that she read us was called Little Britches, 
and um and it was about a a a little boy a boy who um became a cattle wrangler and anyway it was just really fun and just be able to live that um of course i went through that horse phase as as a child and loved horses i was convinced that my i was born to the wrong parents cuz my parents were supposed to be cowboys but anyway so i do remember that and to take it to the present day, we're actually going to find out about places you can go on trail rides and, and just ride around here. Yeah. We've, we've done some summer trail rides in Colorado and with our kids in Wyoming. And, but, yeah, there's, there are horses in Oklahoma and there's horses in North Carolina. That's right. Um, and you really just fell in love with the whole ranching and the Ranching Heritage Center oh, and I all that. of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which is a really neat museum in Lubbock mm-hmm. that... Tells the story of Texas history and the Panhandle. And sure, how and there's a lot of that there. Sod houses and mm-hmm. wood houses and well, the, and it the was four the Four Sixes Ranch and well, and also it was the um, Comanche Indians yes. and um, Paladura Canyon and yes. Colonel McKenzie and you know just Kwana Parker, Kwana Parker, and so it's a lot of that history as well. Yeah, so right, right, yeah, a lot of neat history. What about you? Well, we I asked. I don't think I asked. Well, I did a little bit, Rich. I asked our kids a little bit. So we were with our kids this weekend, which is rare. Um, Alexander remembers Wildcat reading. It was the name of my dad for them, the grandparent name. Remember, uh, remember him reading "Trumpet of the Swan" by E. B. White. I read "Trumpet of the Swan" along with Stuart Little and Charlotte's Webb. I don't know if if my parents read that. I don't. I don't know if Dad would remember that. Um, I loved that book. I, I read that book multiple times. It's a story of a swan that can't speak. He's mute, but he, le- he, he learns to play a trumpet, I think. And then a think, swan learns to play a trumpet. I think so. Okay. I don't, I mean, it's been a yeah. long time since I've read that, but this boy goes up in the summers and encounters this swan. And I think that's what happens. Anyway, it's wonderful. I mean, pretty much everyone's heard of Charlotte's Web, and E.B. White is a super, you know, beloved children's author. And, of course, Charlotte's Web's been made into a, a movie. But I, I love Trumpet of the Swan. That is one of my, my favorites. And I named this episode Summer Dog because Summer Dog, I'm pretty sure my dad read that one to me, too. I don't know if my mom read me a lot of books. I think my dad mainly um, did the reading I definitely remember the Goldbug books. Did you have oh, Goldbug? Oh, I did have some of the Goldbug books. Kind of like a... Um, Richard Scarry. Yes. Did you hunt for Goldbug when you oh, read it? Oh, of course. Yeah, because Goldbug was in every mm-hmm. scene. And there's some other books kind of like that where there's all these activities. What is what is that other one that's... Uh, gosh, I've been a long time since I try to remember it. But there's another series that's kind of like that where there's all I Spy is a popular yeah. series now that kids love but where you can go in and find things. There's another series and maybe we'll find it and put it in the show notes. But Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Yes, that's is it. that it? Yep. No. It is the same where kind of Waldo? thing. So no. yeah, then Richard Scary's my favorite was Richard Scary's Cars and Trucks and Things That Go. Yeah. And so there, there were like cats and they, you know, drove around and but there was all this stuff to see, very complex scenes. But then Goldbug would be somewhere. And I remember hunting for Goldbug with Dad. And I think that I read that. Maybe I read it to Trudy or I 
Maybe I'd read it to our own children. I don't remember. But Hunting for Goldbug. Um, I remember Snoopy books. Um, I think I remember The Best Nest, which we've talked about before. Uh, the King, the Mice, and the Cheese. That is not it's a not, Dr. Seuss book. No. And but it is hard to find. And I wanted that book for years and years. And then you I found got it. it for me for mm-hmm. my birthday one year. Where did you find that? I actually found it in a little library at Montreal. No, not Montreal. Um, Mo Ranch. You found it at Mo Ranch? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I did. And then, you know, books we've read, the Narnia series, I think... I think that we read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to all of the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've read... Um, well, you did. Again, I think it's a lot of you read to the kids. I mean, I read picture books to the kids, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we, we, we took we to read a reading lot of the novels. Books. Yeah. But um, I know that I read Rachel, The Diary of Anne Frank. She and I read that together. Um, and then you read the Narnia books to them. Um, I think I read Dragon Song by Anne McCaffrey mm-hmm. to Alexander. You did. And that was a book that I read growing up, and it's about this planet that has these this, um, this parasite that sort of rains down on the planet called Thread, and if it lands, it'll burrow and, and duplicate, and so they have to ride these dragons that breathe fire, and so they burn, have to use the dragons to... Um, burn the thread that's these parasites that are falling from the sky and in the air so they don't, don't land and if they land then they need to destroy them anyway it's interesting and she's a science fiction author I don't think I ever read any others but it's a series um, I wonder if he remembers that and did you read the Tolkien books to Alexander I think The Hobbit I think I read The I Hobbit do. I think you did yes now but I wonder see this is where we need the girls we, we talked about maybe doing this recording with my dad or with uh the girls are, you know, with the kids because we were with them. But I think Wildcat read Sarah Summerdog. You might have. We'll have to get confirmation <laughs> of that. Because all of the kids would go to Camp Nana, so in the summer right. they each had a week, and they would go and they would spend a week at Nana's house and right. and do fun things and just have some individual time and. Yep. So. And we're going to talk more about Manhattan memories. I think that so. The history, we, we've, we have a, had a tradition which we called Happies. And this traces back to the late 1990s. I had a chance. I had given a presentation at TCEA, the Texas Computer Education Association's annual conference in Austin, Texas, that happened in the beginning of February every year. And when we lived in Texas, I kind of would go there every year. And so I gave a presentation and met some people from this school called Kincaid, which is in Houston, which is an amazing uh, private independent school, which later would you know learn more about because Kincaid was in our um, SBC SPC Southwest Preparatory Conference um, when I was at Cassidy School for was that there for eight years seven years eight years twenty fifteen was when I went I guess I mean it was there for eight years was it uh, anyway um, the person and I do not know their name who dropped me off at the airport at, at Kincaid after doing, I did a workshop about, you know, I think it was just about Mac, using Mac computers and creating some kind of projects or something. I bet I could go back and, and look on uh, websites. I probably have that written down. But anyway, um, they told me this tradition that they had of whenever their parent would go, I think it was, maybe it was her husband, 
he would get what they called a happy and then bring it back. And so it was a fun thing for the kids to look forward to. It was a gift uh, for, you know, for each of them or for the family or whatever, but it was called a happy. And so that became a tradition for us. And then one of the best happies to get were books, especially picture books that were about the local... I mean, something to do locally, you know, That's so, a, yeah, yeah. so we ended up getting traveling Hawaiian, yeah, so we got multiple picture books from Hawaii, um, China. from China, um, Arizona, um, New Zealand, mm-hmm. yeah, different, different places, and so that collection is wonderful, and I just loved the uh, Maine and mm-hmm. uh, New England and um, the Pacific Northwest, and, uh, so that's I I I'm I'm looking forward to that. I, I want to have in our house a place for all those picture books someday when we have grandchildren, and then be able to get those and and read those. So to talk about reading books in your class, that's been an important part of your teaching. And don't you find you part of how you form classroom community is through shared reading? Do you well, think? we did talk about that a little bit on our last episode because Wild Robot was one of the ones That's that right. I've read you out did. loud. You did talk about um, that. And we talked about that. But yeah, yeah I mean, um, I think it's really important, no matter what the age of the children, um, to continue reading out loud together. I think that's a really neat tradition to have. But yeah. It's always been something my classes enjoy doing. Right. Okay. All right. Anything else we want to say or share about reading out loud and reading books no just that I think it's so important I think it's really important in fact oh it was so sweet so Sarah was really excited she brought everybody happies because she's been living in Oklahoma City so she brought all of us Valentine's treats no they were Valentine's treats I don't think they were from Trader Joe's I don't think I got one um you got candy I don't think I did oh well Um, But anyway, she brought me back the sweetest little book, and she read it, and it was about a little bear and just um, how special and precious um, the little bear was to the mama bear. And so Sarah read it to me this morning, and it's just, I love that we share books like that together, Mm -hmm. and that um, it helps us express our care for each other. One of our pastors read a book, and I think she's done that before more than once. Um, and it was a Langston Hughes book. Mm, was, um, yeah, a poem. A poem for mm-hmm. children. And it was a but and and she joined it beautifully, as far as you know the beauty. It was a it was about about the beauty of. Oh, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Excuse what? me. That's great radio. Um, it was about the beauty of of um, of being black, but it she also joined it really well to just humanity and. And how we're all children of God. But anyway, yes, children's books, wonderful. All right, well, it's time for halftime. Let's hear about our ad for this week. This episode of Wes and Shelley Shares is brought to you by Cook with Wes. Cook with Wes is my, Wes Fryer's, personal passion project, sharing lots of food photos, a few recipe videos, lots of barbecue and smoked meat adventures, and many other recipes from my indoor and outdoor kitchens. You can find all our family recipes on food.westfryer.com and follow Cook with Wes on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're on Mastodon, and really, why not, since Twitter has become a bit of a dumpster fire, 
You can search for the hashtag CookWithWes to find my latest food shares there. Well, I did start a separate YouTube channel for Cook With Wes, but I've continued to post most of my cooking videos on YouTube on my main channel. You can access the complete playlist at wfryer.me cook. Thanks for tuning in to Wes and Shelly Shares. I hope to see you on social media on one of the channels for Cook With Wes. All right, we're back. Now... Let's talk a little bit about Manhattan memories. For people that do not know Manhattan, Kansas, Shelley, what would you tell them about where Manhattan is and why it's special? Well, don't ask me where it is because I don't know. But No, well, how would you describe where it is and then I'll know. It's a little town in Kansas. What part of Kansas? I'm not sure. <laughs> Cuz I'm not geographically inclined, like but what I do love about little um, the Little Apple, so Manhattan, is that it's, you know, everybody thinks of Kansas as just this flat state. But this is more, it has contour. It's in the Flint Hills. Yeah, the Flint Hills, that's where it is. Kansas, Manhattan so, is in the but north. But it's beautiful. Is in northeast it's really, Kansas. You know, it's hilly yes. and has trees and there's a lake and it's just a little college town. There's so many fun things to do and we have, we've visited it so many neat times of year and... So everybody has their favorite coffee shop. Well, okay, so we have our favorite coffee shop and little places to visit and see and shop, and um, Manha- we just really enjoy it. Manhattan's northeast of Junction City. Junction City's on I-70, so if you go across Kansas, which, you know, we talk about the flyover states. Kansas is a flyover state for some people. Um, you leave Kansas City on I-70, which is about two-thirds of the way, you know, across the state from the south, Um, And so you leave Kansas City, and you come about 30 or 45 minutes later to Lawrence, and then you come to Topeka, um, and then you would go to Junction City, but before Junction City, you exit for Manhattan, and Manhattan is at the confluence of, I think, the Kansas and the Blue Rivers, and it was uh, named for Manhattan, New York, and it is the site of Kansas State University, which was founded in 1863, and is the land the land grant college KU, um, you know, is uh, the other major lar- largest state university in Kansas, um, but uh, sort of like you know Oklahoma State University is the land grant school or Texas A and M, these are the ag focused schools. And so, in 1981, our family moved to Manhattan when Dad took his last duty assignment with the Air Force to be in charge of Air Force ROTC at Kansas State, and he did that for four years, and then. Went into banking and joined Commerce Bank and became a financial planner and broker. And after 21 years in the Air Force, spent 21 years in banking as Union National Bank became Commerce Bank. And anyway, that's where I grew up. I graduated high school there in 1988 and uh, then left at age 17 to never return again to live. But um, left. Oh, but left, we have so many great memories. Left for the Air Force Academy there. But yes, yeah, so talk to us about. Some of your best memories of Manhattan. Do you want to talk at the beginning about your first visit there? That was a bit scary. <laughs> well, that was an adventure. So um, Wes and I were dating, I guess, because we weren't married yet. We were dating. Yep. And so to drive from Lubbock, Texas to Manhattan, Kansas was about 12 hours. That's it was a, a, long, was a trip. long trip. So we were going to go up, and I was going to meet his parents for the, the first, first time. time. Yeah, it was in the fall, I think. Yes. And fall so of 95. All of a sudden, 
we were supposed to leave like early in the morning. Um, but then Wes decided, nope, he wanted to leave after school. We were just going to drive all night. Oh, my gosh. And we were going to get there. And so I was like, okay. So we got into Manhattan about 2 a.m. in the morning. Wes knew where the key was, so we were just going to let ourselves in and then surprise them in the morning. Well, the key wasn't there, and we I think knocked. this or was the side door locked. Oh, I think I they remember. locked the side door because we had not told my parents we were going to come on Friday night. They thought we were going to show up on Saturday. Right. So we get there, and we knock, and scared his mother to death. She called the police. They thought someone was breaking yeah. in the house. Like, yeah. okay, so word to the wise, don't do this. This was really dumb. Like, don't surprise your parents because... Yeah, when so you, and this was the first time that I was meeting them. Yes, so. she met them at 2 a.m. when they thought we were burglars, and they had literally called the police. I yes. think the police came, and we had to say, nope, it's fine. Yes. I'm just here to visit my parents. And yeah, so that was the first time ugh. that I visited manhattan right so you took me home to meet your parents yes um i we have on our little notes here raking leaves that was one of the most uh, memorable thanksgivings Mm -hmm. i think was now if we thought we had leaves in manhattan come on over to north carolina ladies and gentlemen oh my gosh we're gonna get that was another one of those trips where um again it was before we were married so we were there for thanksgiving um, the first time I had met many of the extended families. I made a movie about that, I too, think. actually. Well, but I was thrilled to get out and help rake the leaves because, you know, in Lubbock, Texas, we didn't have a whole lot of leaves. So, Which yeah. actually is part of a theme of our lives. It we is. are excited. Trees. We're we are excited. so excited about trees. I was in shock to land in Wichita this uh, past Friday because we had to – We anyway, there was a long – it was a big accident on the road. We got delayed. We had to be diverted. We couldn't fly into Manhattan. We had to fly to Wichita, rent a car, and drive up. But, man, to be back in just flat, you know, yeah. so. central Kansas. So, anyway, you were excited by leaves. I got out, yeah. And people thought that was the, funny. They did. They did. That uh, Yeah. So, um, but that was also the trip where I was pretty convinced that you were going to ask me to marry you, only you had no idea. And you were mad And hadn't really even thought about it. And you got so. mad at me and had to explain why. Yes, yes. Right. Yes. I think I actually made a movie. So we should go back. I have, um, well, at the, you know, when, when Apple came out with the iMac and with iMovie software, you know, it was so cool because you could take your digital camera that had, fi- you know, film uh, cartridges. It was like, what was that called? It wasn't uh, digital eight. Anyway, um, I made all these different movies early in our marriage of, of, you know, vacations and birthdays and things like that. And so I'm pretty sure there's a Thanksgiving leaves memory and Connor and Ethan are there. No, I think, I think I remember that. Anyway, I'm going to go back because no, you do have one, but that was when Alexander was little. This is before we were even married. So, yes, you made a leaves one, but oh, that's when yeah. Alexander was little. Okay, you're right. We, well, we visited Thanksgiving in Manhattan quite a bit. And so, we did. Well, yeah, we have, right. we have quite a few of those. We have good memories there. Yeah. Um, so I started putting down, like, all these memories because I grew up there. I have all these things. But just the ones that we share, Labor Day football games for sure. So that that's became big. the tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Labor Day, we'd go up. Rachel's birthday um, is really close to Labor Day every year. So we would go, and I think the best K-State football game ever. So my dad is, like, the biggest K-State fan ever. Hence, his name is Wildcat, um, which I think was given to him by Alexander. Yes. 
but there was a, a year. So we would usually not be able to sit with dad. Dad had, you know, season tickets for quite a while. Mom had a season tickets. And then at some point she was like, I'm done with that. And she would go to the tailgates, but she wouldn't go to the games. Um, and so anyway, dad continued to have, and then for, for a number of years, my cousin Devin and I split season tickets. And so he would, he, he lived in Wichita. He's down in Dallas now, um, in Plano, I think. Um, but he would go to half the games and I would come up from, from Oklahoma City to go to half of them. Anyway, we had season tickets and this, I think we were sitting kind of close by the student section um, on the east side of the stadium, pretty low. And we got to meet Willie and that was super exciting for the girls. Well, and Rachel always thought that that was just for her birthday. When she was little, she thought that whole football game and Willie and that was for her birthday. What so. was so cool that year was they let us on the field at the end and it was a game that was at night. It was an evening game, so it ended at night and they had fireworks and we laid in the middle of the field like the 50-yard line and they turned off the stadium lights and we had the fireworks and I mean that was so cool. And I don't I don't know. I that I don't remember them really doing that other times. They did they do fireworks. For that first game, but and it also wasn't too hot because we've been to some of those games where it's been super hot. What do you remember eating at tailgates? Do you remember any particular foods? Yeah, we used to have stromboli and gazpacho soup. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the earliest, which and is a later, cold, yeah, it's tomato-based. Kind of soup. Yeah, I love that soup. So, yeah. but your mother loved tailgating food. You know, uh, she always, you know, it was always like a gourmet affair. So, and the evolution of tailgating. Of course, it's expensive to get, uh, you know, an actual place in the in the um, parking lot. So mom and dad would they had a spot, but then their friends that they tailgated with, and I I should know who the names of of who they tailgated with, but they had a motorhome, and so for a number of years we'd have that motorhome, and then everyone would kind of potluck, and they would bring different things, and you know that that's a whole culture as far as t- football tailgating cultures. But at some point, mom wanted to just, mom basically didn't want to participate that much in football. So she just wanted to tailgate at home. So so it's just a tailgate. But anyway, we would do like a backyard picnic. And and then we would go to the game. And then at some point, because there's a church called, I think it's Trinity Presbyterian Church. That's like down, it's off Claflin. I don't remember what the name of that road is that goes by the um, stadium. But anyway, that's we, they had a shuttle, and so we would park there. And so some years we had the tailgate there in, in that parking lot. Remember that? Having, having those tailgates by the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't do that very often. No, just then we did sub years. sandwiches sometimes, um, mm-hmm. you know, different things. But anyway, that really is fun. And, and I think, you know, I'm not a big sports fan. I've I've enjoyed sports at different times, but I really do enjoy the family aspect of that, and and I think that'll be something fun at some point. To I don't know, I could I could see us enjoying that as a family, inviting the kids back for for a weekend game and and having a game to go to or something like that. Um, okay, let's talk about adjusting to new family dynamics, schedules, and personalities. Could you share about that, Shelley? Why are you talking in your weird voice again? Because I like to use weird voices. It's my favorite part of podcasting. So. We okay, just... we were talking about when adjustments. So the things that you remember. So how, how, 
how is it challenging to adjust to the Friar family well, as a new I think this came member. out in the memorial service. So we were all thinking. I mean, of course, we've told absolutely lovely, wonderful memories of, of Nana. Um, but one of the things that was always really hard to adjust to was Nana had a very specific schedule about meals and where people what people were going to do i mean like she was the itinerary was set and the times were set and where you were supposed to be and who was supposed to be where and you know for me coming from a pretty laid-back kind of family that was always a little hard to always follow nana's schedule especially when we had children and we were trying to you know nana they always ate dinner really late. and Sometimes um, like our, 8 or 9 yes, o'clock. Yes, and our yeah. kids, you know, that was bedtime and trying to get, you know, kids fed and ready for bed. And then Nana's planned this beautiful, you know, dinner um, at the dining room table. And so... But it would be on her schedule pretty much. Yeah. And, and so that was always uh, trying to... You know, fit with Nana's schedule and there's was quite a, hard. There's quite a bit of food stress, you know. Oh, and, and, it was, yeah. And I think... I mean, you talked lovely about his mother was a gourmet cook and a lot of adventurous foods and really good foods, but there was a lot of food stress around the table, you know, like, especially, again, um, with children, you know, and she was great with kids. I mean, she loved kids, but um, she was always... The controller of the food. She could be demanding as far as expectations of, of what you like would you eat. You had to taste everything, you would, yeah. and you had to clean your plate. And, <laughs> Criticized if and you, you put salt on food couldn't before Couldn't use salt. And, or before tasting. You know, it, it was... Um, there seems like there was always a lot of issues with food. So it was, you know, it was usually wonderful and a lot of good memories, but also a lot of maybe... Um, I don't know. She would be very structured in the birthday uh, plans as well. So we would celebrate sometimes children's birthdays. But she would have really Well, when the children were having their birthdays at her house, she ran the show. I mean, yeah, we would have birthdays on the, yeah. our own afterwards, too, yeah, yeah to kind of have a less, less structured. Hey, I remember good memories of going to Aggieville with Trudy and Max um, sometimes. And Mom didn't really... Like we and we snuck oh. out sometimes to go to breakfast or to go just coffee. Like we love going to Blue Stem Bistro. Yeah, we had our which places. we like Verdina's, but Blue Stem Bistro, which is on Moro in the middle of Aggieville, is really our place. And we got to go back, yeah. like yesterday, didn't we? But or, we always felt like we were sorry. having to like sneak out of well, the house. Yeah. Or I just think she didn't really understand that. She just was like, "Well, you have food here. We're, we have yeah, coffee, here. coffee here. Why, 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 why are yeah. you going out?" But but that was uh, that was fun. And those places. And now. You know, the palace is gone in Aggieville, which we loved for a long time. But now it's Varsity and Varsity Donuts. And so a tradition has been to, uh, well, not only get sometimes Varsity Donuts in the morning, but they have uh, their food truck in the back that's open at like 2 a.m. And so sometimes we'd go right to Varsity and we'd get there late and mm-hmm. they have corn dogs and what? Yeah. Fr- so other, well, for those of two, did you donuts, explain yeah. Aggieville? No, what do you tell So Aggieville is kind of like right next to campus and it's it was a lot of bars. Yeah. You know, when we first it used moved to be there, like the highest like all bars. The highest concentration of yeah. bars in this whatever area. But at some point, um but now there's a lot of neat shops and restaurants and places it's, to there's eat. There's still a lot of bars there. So there's a lot of bars there, but it's the college part of town. Yes. So and it so and there's a book sh- um a bookstore we love the to dusty go bookshelf, to. Yeah, yeah, the Dex 
Dusty in fact, one of our um, church members back in Edmond, her granddaughter, I think, is the owner of the Dusty Bookshelf, which burned and was gone for a while, and then they rebuilt. And so, anyway, good memories. All right. Well, hey, we uh, we actually talked for fifteen minutes pretty quick there. So, anything else you want to share about Manhattan memories? No, usually sports, family, lots of family, mm-hmm. a lot of um, places to go and see and do. Yeah. And well, and it's just wonderful that our children, I think, have such positive memories of Manhattan because, um, you know, it's just been, it's been a place of family gathering more than anywhere else. I mean, we've gone to my sister's, you know, family's house in Liberty for multiple Thanksgivings and, and other kinds of of events, Fourth of July and holidays and things sometimes, but not like with reg- the regularity that we went to Manhattan. So it was just this annual pilgrimage. So I think there's a lot to be said for family rituals and traditions mm-hmm. and having not only traditions of what you do together in at home, but also places that you go and uh, experience and you know, the foods that come with that. Okay, so we have a Wanderlink and a Wanderlink. What's our Wanderlink, Shelly? We went there last night. Yeah, we, there's a neat place. It's a winery in Manhattan, and it's called Liquid Art. And um, they have, it's a brewery and a, it's a winery for mm-hmm. sure, but they have no, I think ciders they, and things yeah, too, right? Yeah, they do. They do. So, those may be um, for just local, like they bring those in, but the wine, yeah. the wines, I think they do themselves. And it's kind of in the hills. and Great pizza. We yeah, had pizza. great pizza. It was just cozy. It was... Um, our whole family, and I mean, it was just, it was really nice to just sit down together, not for a big meal or anything, but just to have nice conversation next to a fireplace. It was wonderful. On the couch. And when it's warmer, you can look out over the Flint Hills. It's a beautiful view. It reminds us, uh, with Rachel and our friends, the Conaways that live in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, we had a chance to go to a beautiful brewery, and and I guess, I don't know if it's just a brewery, but it's very similar, but just a gorgeous view, so reminded us of that. So uh, we'll include uh, the things we reference again in in our show notes, Um, but you can find their website at liquidartwinery.com. And then our Wonderlink today for the show, um, our oral history interviews with Angie Fryer, with my mother. Um, we have a family learning blog, which you can find at learningsigns.speedofcreativity.org. And then there's a link there to family oral history. And then you can go to a page for just mom, for just Angie Fryer. And thankfully, I had a chance. And I wish, I was thinking about this. I wish we had done it with your parents. Because I don't think we ever did oral history interviews with your mom yes, or did. your dad. Yes, we did. I just don't know where they are. Well, we got a doggone yes, find I them. remember. We did one at the... Kitchen table in Edmond, Oklahoma. Did we really? Yep. Well, gosh, we got to find that. It's somewhere. I, know. I hope it's not on audio, boo, because pretty much all those got deleted. Although, I don't know. Maybe I saved them. Um, all right. Well, we got to find that. Let's do that as we a to-do. We also have that one of my dad talking when we were in Delhart, telling us all about um, different places. Do we? Delhart. Yes. We got to find that. I need, I've listened to it recently. So. Okay, great. Let's find it. All right. So this is a link to two different interviews I did with my mom. Uh, one talking just about military bloggers or mill bloggers. And then another one talking about her memories of being a teacher and growing up in Texas and Louisiana and just, you know, kind of her life. And so that's, that's great because life is short, if you didn't know that. And it's wonderful to capture stories of family members 
telling remembrances. And um, we've been happy to hear that our daughters are listening to our show. And if it brings even a little joy to them, it brings great joy to us knowing that, that they're listening. So in addition to those show notes, we'll also include a link to a playlist that we've started on Spotify. You might be able to find it because it's a public playlist. It's called Wes and Shelley Playlist. But we'll include the direct link, which is extremely long and I would never try to read. Um, But you can find that. So anything else, Shelley, you would like to say tonight to our listeners? Mm, No, no, no. But I'm ready for bed. She's ready for bed. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening, and uh, I think we'll probably alter. Rachel hasn't recorded the outro yet, but um, this will initially be Sarah, and I think we'll be able to alternate. But you can learn more at visiting by visiting shellyfryer.com slash podcast, and we've got links to all these different places you can get the show. So until next time, we encourage you to stay curious and go outside. Wes and Shelley Share is a weekly podcast recorded and published on Sundays by Wesley and Shelley Fryer of Matthews, North Carolina. Learn more and find links to connect on social media to Wes and Shelley by visiting shellyfryer.com slash podcast. Content on this podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Only 3.0 license. The Wes and Shelley Share podcast is recorded and published with Anchor and distributed on all major podcast channels, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and more. Please share our show on social media and tell others about us. Let us know on Facebook or via other means what you like about the show, that you're listening, and if you have any suggestions for future episodes. Stay curious, go outside, and keep exploring.